Welcome to the Balanced Collective, where we love to go deep, talk big, and get real. I'm your host, Danielle Boyd, and every episode is going to bring a new concept or guest to talk all about things wellness, balance, and alignment. Our purpose here is to bridge the concepts of science and spirit to bring wellness and ease into the lives of our listeners while not taking life too seriously. We like to get down and deep into our shadow while keeping things raw, fun, and real. Thank you so much for listening. Let's get to it. Hola amigos. Bonjour mes amis. I hope this episode finds you all very well right now. I hope you have found a few things that uh, give you comfort and routine during this time. And I also hope that you have found a few things to laugh about and a few things that bring you joy right now because Lord knows laughter and joy truly are the best medicine. Some of the things that have been bringing me a ton of joy lately have been just plain old dancing around my house, FaceTiming with loved ones, catching up on some of my favorite TV shows like Homeland and Ozark, as well as listening to a ton of music. Something else that really brings me joy is speaking to this rock star human, Jeremy Vaughn, who you all may know as JV Movement 604 on the old Instagram. It was absolutely crazy to me that I only met Jeremy in person at the beginning of February 2020, two short months ago. It feels like lifetimes have passed since then, and I never would have guessed that the first podcast episode we would record would be centered around holding space for self during this period of physical distancing, but hey, it makes for fantastic conversation. Jeremy is a Vancouver-based movement coach who works with clients one-on-one in group classes and has also recently expanded his model to include online coaching. Jeremy recently launched his new online video platform, The Dailies, which he speaks more to in the episode, uh, and he wanted to extend a special offer to the TBC community to access them. All listeners uh, can use the code tbc JVM underscore 15 to save 15% on a one-time purchase of any of the video modules. And this promo is good until the end of April, 2020. So highly, highly encourage you to check that out because uh, Jeremy's approach to movement is, is fantastic. And uh, just being someone who works in the health industry and the movement industry, I really, really resonate with, with what he's teaching clients. So uh, without further ado, I will let him speak more to his approach and please enjoy my conversation with Jeremy Vaughn. Hi, Jeremy. How are you? Hi, I'm doing great. Staring Welcome out my window. To, I know, right? Welcome to the quarantine edition of the Balance Collective yeah. podcast. <laughs> yeah. uh, before we dive Conver- into our conversations com- in quarantine. Yeah, right? Isn't it funny how much more, I guess, like social we've all been through all this, even though we're physically distanced? It's it's pretty amazing actually just how connected I personally feel and I'm sure you feel the same way. Yeah. Yeah. I think, uh, well, us being social beings, you know, we crave that connection. So when we're not able to, to be like physically next to each other, it's like we need to stay connected somehow. And thankfully we can through like a virtual world, right. As we are now, as we can on FaceTime, whatever it may be, picking up the phone, having a conversation. Um, so it's very, uh, we're very lucky to live in an age where we have that for sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. I couldn't imagine doing this 10, 20 years ago. I think this would be a completely different story. I guess we could have made phone calls, but 
it yeah, wouldn't be phone, the same. yeah yeah i don't know if we'd be able to like see ourselves like facetiming and zoom obviously not um mm-hmm. but yeah no it's interesting it's interesting times and it tests all of us to a certain degree as well so Big time. Um, mm-hmm. What does your isolation isolation situation look like? I feel like that's like a rap name, like isolation situation. <laughs> um, you, could make, you, could, you could call this like literally, <laughs> this is the name of the podcast. Yeah. Right. Isolation situation. You have to say it three times super quick. Yeah. I, it can't even roll off the tongue one time, but, uh, but what does your, I guess we were talking earlier about the word solitude versus isolation. So what does your, I guess, quarantine or your social distancing situation look like right now? Um, <laughs> currently just, uh, in my apartment. Um, <laughs> but no, I think, um, for me, it just means that I have more time to, like I mentioned earlier, to kind of explore inwards and take the time to see what comes up for me. Um, I, tr- I really make sure I have a routine going on. Mm-hmm. Um, that's something that's a staple for me to kind of keep some order in my day. So, I learned this before because I've gone through a bit of solitude earlier on in life, but like, you know, I find if you don't have a routine, then you kind of are, um, let's say lost. (laughs) What Mm -hmm. day is it? What time is it? Or like, I've just spent all day today, like doing nothing. And that could be beautiful too. And, but it's just a matter of like, for me, a routine has really helped out of, Okay, I wake up, I have a coffee, I do some meditation, I can go on my balcony, I'll get some fresh air. Um, I've also uh, practicing social distancing um, and physical distancing. I have been going out to Lynn Canyon and uh, doing like an hour to two hour walk in the forest. Um, and then I also go into the water. So that's something for me just mentally, just to get outside of my apartment has been uh, huge, hugely impactful for my mental well-being, um, my health in general. Just just being outside and, and doing that. Um, yeah, and then and then pivoting into online content and and getting some stuff ready to rock and roll out into the uh, into the world here in the next week. So it's been a it's been a transition state. The first I don't even know how long we're in it. A week and mm. a half, two weeks. Who knows Whatever, anymore? Maybe. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Literally, I'm like, I don't know if it's been a week or two weeks. I'm not sure. But, uh, but definitely routine has been uh, very handy for me to, to also stay on schedule with things I want to get done. Um, and it does make me feel like I am uh, moving the needle forward for myself um, in, in, a, in a meaningful way. Very cool. In what capacity are you able to expand on like what needle is moving forward? Uh, in terms of, oh yeah. Okay. So, um, I've been working on a video course for the last two months. Um, and I've been working on it, editing and stuff the last two months, but I think this pause that we, or let's say slowdown in life has kind of allowed me to maybe a kick in the butt to, get that out there and finish it off. So I think moving the needle forward that way. And also just, so I feel in a sense, like I am doing something each day that has some meaning um, Mm. for myself. So I think that that's where I feel like I'm moving the needle forward, where I feel like I'm growing in a sense, I'm going inwards, I'm doing some work and I am being in my own sense, productive in my day. Very cool. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, 
it's really amazing to speak to someone like yourself who is looking at this as, you know, the gift of time really. And while it's productive for you, you're also not putting too much pressure on yourself to produce. It's a, it's a fine line between, you know, using the gift with um, the gift of time with a bit of, um, I guess you could say consciousness around it, but without, you know, beating yourself up for not getting things done when that doesn't happen. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think like recognizing the emotions that are coming up in this time uh, and feeling them like it's going to be like riding a wave, a wave of emotions. There's going to be great weeks, like weeks where you feel like, oh my God, I'm feeling in flow. I'm getting things done. And then there'll be weeks where you're like, oh my God, a week just went by and I feel like I've done nothing. Um, (laughs) Or like I maybe feel yeah, like no, maybe not as productive or certain emotions pop up and just recognizing that that's okay. Like Mm -hmm. it's, it's not, it doesn't necessarily mean that every single day has to be, um, you know, perfect and super productive. It's just a matter of like recognizing what you need in that time or maybe even in that day. Um, yeah. There's a emotions. uh, Sorry. No, go ahead. Uh, I was sorry. I was just going to, to add on that, uh, um, I was listening to something earlier this week and I read a book a while back uh, by Viktor Frankl, um, mm. Man's Search for Meaning. Yes. Uh, have you read it? Yeah. Powerful. Yeah, so it's a powerful book. And, you know, there's a part in that book where uh, he mentions that like, you know, one of your last freedoms is that no one can take away is like your, your, your freedom to choose your attitude in any given situation. Mm-hmm. And uh, extremely powerful coming from a person who was in a concentration camp. Um, you know, we're being told to like, just stay home <laughs> and the comforts of our own home. Um, but also just, you know, that's the power in the, in the, uh, in the choice. So, mm-hmm. yeah, that's huge. And like, what great perspective to apply to this situation. I, uh, I watched the movie, this is like kind of an aside, but I watched the movie Jojo rabbit the other night and loved it. Great movie. Um, but it takes place mm. during world war two. It's about, um, a small boy and he's a, he's um, part of the, the Hitler youth basically. And anyway, it's a great, great movie. Um, but it was very poignant to watch it during this time because it just really put things into perspective. Like all we're doing is being asked to stay home and the situation out there is very dire, but it could be so much worse. We could be under attack, you know, from a perspective of war or, you know, it, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's nice to have a little bit of perspective on things and we are safe in the comfort of our own homes right now. And I think that that's really important to acknowledge. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and, and I think it may be really uncomfortable for a lot of people who aren't used to spending time by themselves. So, and then that brings up certain emotions that, uh, that, you know, you can choose to look at or you can choose to push down mm-hmm. uh, and both are going to have very different outcomes. So, you know, it, it, it allows you, Again, like we talked about before, it's like a gift of time. Um, you know, it, it, in my view, that's how I'm seeing it. Um, and what comes out of this uh, will be, you know, like we've never, we've never had the world kind of shut down in a sense. Um, and, you know, I think, I, uh, I don't know if I talked on, uh, on this earlier with you before we hopped on here, but um, just in terms of, uh, oh my God, brain fart. Um, (laughs) (laughs) but like numbing out to uh, distractions. So like, you know, I think, I think, uh, we all, we all enjoy, well, maybe not we all, but like, I certainly enjoy like a glass of wine sometimes or, 
um, you know, I'll watch a movie, but it's a matter of like, if I'm feeling certain emotions, I want to actually dive into that and be like, you know, Hey, like, let's see what, where this takes me rather than like, Oh, this came up. What do I need to do to distract myself? So I don't have to feel that way. Mm -hmm. Um, and I think there's a lot of that going on right now. Just like I mentioned earlier that like I saw the BCL, uh, spiked 40% in sales this past week from all of us being isolation. And it's like, like, again, again, like I, I do enjoy a glass of wine myself, but like, you know, there's a point where it's like, how much are we consuming and you know, how much, how much are we numbed out from reality and like what's going on in our, in our day-to-day life. Right. Mm-hmm. And it can be challenging. It definitely can be challenging to see your life also stop right. Or, or slow down and you're forced to really look at things differently. Um, and yeah, it's uncomfortable, but mm-hmm. again, like nothing, nothing, um, terrible, let's say ever comes from coming out of something that's uncomfortable, right? Like you learn a lot, like obviously there's going to be some experiences and emotions, but you're going to learn mm-hmm. so much in that time. And, you know, I think we're all going to have slightly different perspectives of the world and our lives after this time. So yeah. Any emotions in particular coming up for you? Um, quite a few. Yeah. This week, you know, like I think, uh, for me, I value touch a lot. And even in, mm-hmm. in, in what I do for, for work, it's, it's hands-on. Um, and so for me, it's like not being able to even give someone a hug or even be around someone, you know, I'm, I'm taking the perspective that like, I have the virus. I don't want to be around anyone just for my own safety and also for, you know, just practicing safe social distancing. Right. Um, but then it, it kind of that, that sense of like, Oh, like everyone is dangerous. I can't be around anyone creeps in. Right. Um, and you know, a sense of loneliness, um, creeps in, you know, like you want to be around people like we're social beings. So I think virtual connecting is absolutely amazing, but you know, like once this is all past us, uh, you know, I'm going to be hugging absolutely everybody. <laughs> me too. <laughs> I guess as, as long as they're comfortable with it, I'm just like, come here, give me a hug. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and you just really value uh, that, that human touch. Um, gratitude, you know, for being in a country that still provides you with some safety um, through these hard times. Uh, having mm-hmm. a roof over my head, uh, family and friends to connect with, like a device to connect with them on. Um, you know, it's, there's a sense of privilege with a lot of that. So, you know, just being respectful of that and being like, you know, not everyone is in that same position. So, you know, I don't really want to be like, Oh, like poor me. I want to obviously acknowledge that a lot of us in Canada are are privileged to the point that like we have a government looking out for us that are doing amazing things right now. And we have amazing frontline workers and healthcare workers that are um, still making the world kind of move forward and, 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 and operate um, while we are able to stay at home. Right. So mm-hmm. there's, there's many more emotions popping up, but I won't, uh, I won't <laughs> drag on on that one. <laughs> oh, fair enough. No, thank you for sharing that. It's, it's huge. It really like, like, again, it's all perspective, right? When you think about having the safety of a warm, home and yeah the device to connect on all that it's it's huge we really are so fortunate it could be a very different situation Mm -hmm. and the gratitude is is huge how do you think you'll look back at this time a year from now 
Uh, well, hopefully we're out of our homes in a year. Um, <laughs> right. <laughs> um, yeah, I think I'll look back at it with, uh, yeah, it's hard to say. It's, it's hard to focus on the future right now because I'm really focused just on like being in the moment, living the day and not worrying about the future or even like trying to give it too much thought because then the worrying kind of sets in for me. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I think I'll look back at um, this year, probably with a lot of gratitude that like, Hey, like we were able to live through a moment like this in time um, and get through it together as a community. Uh, you know, everyone is, as uh, one collective being um, and seeing that how much we can cooperate. And like, you're even seeing that now, like how everyone's coming together. It uh, doesn't mm -hmm. matter who you are, but like everyone's just, trying to look out for each other and connect um, and, and, and be there for one another. So yeah, I think I'll look back at it with a sense of gratitude that like, Hey, like we were able to get through it, weather the storm and learn so much. Uh, I'm sure there's going to be so many learnings or teachings that come up over these next few weeks or mm -hmm. months, whatever it may be um, that, yeah, they're going to provide a lot of value for us. So um, yeah. Very cool. I love it. Thank you. Mm -hmm. um, so obviously I want to dive into the work that you do. I mean, the work that you were doing leading up to this, I guess, and the work maybe that you're doing now and how that's changed. But um, before we dive into your work, I would love to just, uh, I mean, I in recent times have really tried to not identify as the work that I do. I've really tried to identify, identify myself as you know, just who I am in truth. And so I guess I want to turn that question to you. Who is Jeremy the human outside of the work that he does? Mm, I feel like the work I do is every day, all day. Um, no, I'm just kidding. Uh, I think I'm someone who is, uh, I'm always curious. So I'm, I'm a person full of curiosity mm. around, uh, around life. So regardless of movement and training and, and fitness and, and, and all that, it's just curiosity always uh always is sparked in me and um trying to bring a little bit of playfulness to a situation positivity I've always kind of had that sense a lot of people told me that when I've been growing up that I'm always very optimistic very positive um nice to be around easy to connect with um it sounds like a dating app right now I'm like, this is <laughs> <laughs> um but I, I don't mean to come off in that way but it's like I'm five um, foot ten. I like yeah. walks on the beach. <laughs> uh, I actually like long walks in my apartment right now. Um, I like candles at night in my apartment. Uh, <laughs> I watch fires that I've recorded previously. And <laughs> yeah. Oh my god. But yeah, no. I think I think I've always had an innate um, want to to learn, and I'm curious about a lot of things in life, and uh, yeah, and also just spreading kindness and helping someone out. Uh, who's in need. So that's always something that uh, is near and dear to my heart. Amazing. And those qualities are obviously what have helped you to really become very successful in the work that you do do. Um, and again, before we dive into it, I wanted to express my personal gratitude because you have been sharing your work online for free over the last, I guess, who knows what day of quarantine we're on right now, but you've shared a ton of like mobility and workouts and stuff online. And I personally have been, you know, benefiting from that. So I want to say thank you for that. And thank you for sharing that with the world and the community. Mm -hmm. Um, You're and welcome. yeah, no, it's been really fun. It's been a great, a great way to just keep myself moving because again, in quarantine, it's not always easy to motivate yourself to work. Mm -hmm. So it's, uh, I've been really, uh, really grateful for that. So thank you. Um, let's welcome. talk a little bit about your work. What do you do? <laughs> What do I do? Um, 
also before I get into that, thank you for tuning in. Uh, I know, like, <laughs> you know, there's, there's a lot out there right now, and um, and it, it, you know, it's a it's a gift that you're able to tune in and uh, and, and share some of your minutes with with me as well. So, um, yeah, what I do, uh, it's not con- it's not like super complicated. It's uh, <laughs> I don't mean to I don't want to you know term it in a way where it's super complicated, but essentially, I'm I, I, let's say a movement coach. So I, I do training. Um, I don't know what you would call a moving coach, movement specialist, whatever it may be. Um, that's my, that was my day to day before, uh, this, this lockdown happened. And, uh, also doing a little bit of online work and, uh, reaching people that I can't physically be around. Um, whether that may be clients that I saw before that moved away or people that I work with, um, through connect who, who have connected through, uh, social media. So, um, yeah, a lot of people come to me that have, uh, been dealing with a lot of issues for a while, whether it's, uh, old, old injuries or just aches and pains. Um, and I support them in their journey forward for, let's say getting out of pain and, and, and building some of their own, like kind of unique strength. So, um, and also shifting mindset has been huge too. So helping people understand the power of the mind um, and how that Im- impacts uh, our movement, our physical movement too, uh, and how that's all tied in with the nervous system as well. Um, so yeah, that's what I do every day. And then how that shifted now is I will pretty much do online coaching. So it's a great opportunity for me to really hone in verbal cueing um, and also connecting with people in a slightly different way, which is allowing me to grow a lot as a coach. Um, and it's fun. It's fun to, to get outside the comfort zone a little bit, um, and for things to be shaken up. Um, so, and then I'm, yeah, so I'm doing that, uh, currently. And then I, uh, just started doing a, well, two months ago, I think I touched on earlier, but I started doing a video course or video module series. Um, that I put together to help people out that I can't physically be around. Um, also just helping out with time. So, uh, I've seen a lot of these practices help a lot of people that I've worked with in person. So I thought I'd put it together in a video series and, and get it out to as many people as, uh, as possible who want to partake. Um, so essentially gives them the empowerment and the education to dive deep into their own bodies and, and minds. And, um, yeah. And, and again, have that sense of empowerment to be like, Hey, like I, I am in your back pocket, helping you out, feeling you, uh, having you feel supported, uh, and having like daily accessible movements for you to move forward. Um, yeah. Very cool. How cool that you had the foresight to do the video series before all this happened. <laughs> yeah. I pretty much knew this was going to happen. So I, in January, I <laughs> why didn't you I fill had, us in? <laughs> <laughs> I had the magic eight ball just uh, yeah, right? <laughs> lined up. Oh, that would have been nice. Uh, you know what? No, maybe not actually. It's kind of nice to have this all hit with a little bit of the unknown, but anyway. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It, again, it kind of, uh, it gets us a lot of us outside of our comfort zones. Um, how do we pivot? How do we best serve our community and our respective modality? Um, you know, I think in the coming weeks, we'll see a lot of that, you know, the shifting, how do we, still say stay accessible to the people that we were serving um but now through a different uh, domain so yeah yeah it'd be, it'd be fun. very cool 
Um, how'd you find your way into this type of work? Do you have kind of a personal story that you're attached to that, uh, that led you down this route? Um, like again, like I touched on earlier, I'm always curious, um, about a lot of things in life and I grew up playing sports and so I was very physical growing up. And so I think that already kind of sparked something inside of me that I really wanted to learn about the human body, the mind, um, and then, uh, yeah, I went through a spell where I just, I wasn't very active and I felt really out of shape. I gained a lot of weight and I just wasn't very positive, uh, thinking. Um, so there's a lot of things that spiral out of control for me. And I think in that moment I was like, well, you know, I, I, I my innate curiosity was like, okay, well, how did I get here? <laughs> like figure it out. How did I get here? And how can I take a step forward that I can move away from, um, my own pain that I'm feeling in my body um, and in my mind and, and take that step forward. And um, so I, I went on my own journey for a couple of years of, uh, you know, what movement felt good for me and learning about the human body. Uh, like I, I, before I even did my like personal training, um, I, I picked up the uh, strength and condition textbook from uh, the NSCA. <laughs> it's like this 800 page textbook. Yeah. The Bible. I went, <laughs> yeah. Literally the Bible. And I went, I went through it like two times I highlighted everything that I wanted to learn and, and dive into deeper. And, um, and yeah, I think that's really where it sparked my, uh, you know, even deeper curiosity about like, cool, oh my God, there's so much going on in my body and wow. Like, uh, so then I, I really wanted to work with people too, cause I, I saw the power that, uh, that I gained through that experience. Um, and I think through that, like through, through moving out of pain, like I feel like I became more connected to my body, not only physically, but also like spiritually and emotionally. And I think there's a lot of power in that, especially during these times. Um, mm -hmm. You know, it's not only about like physical movement, but it's also about like what it allows you to do um, mentally and spiritually too, right? So it kind of um, unlocks those pillars for you and, and allows you to. Uh, you know, maybe it's, oh, cool. Like I tried out that workout yesterday. It was awesome. It got me outside my comfort zone. How about taking up this meditation that I've never done before? Just like you've never, maybe you've never done a hit class before and you go and do it. Awesome. That's great. Now, now, now you're no longer someone who has never done hit class and you can move into that kind of new person uh, or new phase of, of your life. Same thing with like a meditation. It's like, wow, you, I've never done a meditation before. Or a lot of people, oh, I'm not a meditator. I'm, I'm not going to like sit there and be like, mm, like, <laughs> but there's so many different forms of meditation. So mm -hmm. it's a matter of like taking that first step and getting outside that comfort zone. Cause if, as soon as you do your first like meditation, whether it's by yourself or in a group or, or guided, um, you're no longer that person that has never done a meditation class. So like you're allowed to grow into that. Um, mm -hmm. yeah. So I think, I think just the ability to share that with, uh, with as many people as I can is, is, uh, is where I find a lot of, um, gratitude and, and ability to impact the community, uh, the best that I can. So, and then from there, like I, I just went into, uh, kinesiology and then diving into certain, uh, modalities in the movement realm. So like joint mobility stuff, uh, mental kinesiology, uh, things like that, uh, certain specialized courses that really sparked my curiosity even deeper because I, I respected the amount of research and knowledge that they were trying to pass on as well. Um, and it's just something that just clicked for me. So, yeah. Cool. I like that. It's amazing how 
yeah, sometimes having a, you know, personal experience with these types of things is really powerful. And then to be able to share that with clients and be of service is, is just really the ultimate gift to, to be able to turn that back around and help others. So when you start working with a client, I guess a good question would be like, what types of clients do you typically work with? Like who's your, your ideal client? Uh, I think we talked about this before. I don't really have like, I think the, 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 the prerequisites for someone to work with me is someone who is uh, curious themselves, um, mm-hmm. who is committed and understanding that it's a two way street. Um, you know, I am here for everyone, like 110%. Uh, it's not just about what happens in a gym setting. It's about, you know, what happens in your everyday life. And I think that's something that I try to really hone in with people, uh, that I do work with and they really understand that. Um, and so, yeah, it's just, it's not a specific person, let's say, um, like whatever it may be like, and I don't need to only work with athletes and things like that. It's, it's just more so about like personality traits. Mm-hmm. So like, are you determined? Are you focused? Um, are you coachable? Um, that's probably the biggest one is like in a, in a, uh, uh, assessment or anything like that, I can, or consultation, I can be like, I can really get a, a sense of, you know, is this person coachable? If they're not, then like, it's really hard to move the needle anywhere with someone like that. So, you know, this, this, maybe there's a, be, a different coach or better coach out there for, for that person. Uh, I'm just not that, that person for whomever that may be. So yeah, for me, it's just like a matter of, are you coachable? Um, are you willing to do the work? Um, mm-hmm. And yeah, that, that, that's, uh, that's it. Um, so I see a lot of people who have um, kind of maybe brushed aside a lot of issues for a lot of years. Um, maybe even ergonomics at work, maybe they, from their lifestyle, they're now starting to feel like some aches and pains or they just want to become stronger in their own body. And, um, and they, they pop over to me and, and we get them going. Um, so whether they, you know, I've, I've had numerous clients who are in pain for many, many years, um, who I work with and, and I'm very grateful to have the opportunity to work with anyone. Um, so I acknowledge that too. It's a privilege to always work with individuals. Um, and yeah, and, and seeing them come out of the pain and, and finding their own strength and they're not moving in pain anymore. And then I've also had people who aren't necessarily in pain, but they're just trying to uh, ensure that they don't end up there, right? Um, I think especially like, even as we see now uh, being, you know, maybe quarantined in our homes or spending a lot more time at home, we uh, we spend a lot more time seated or not as active because go out and walk around or go for runs or stuff like that too. Right. Um, so you see a lot, lot more inactivity. So this is a great time to introduce, uh, doesn't have to be high intensity. So I think like, uh, I, I shared this the other day with the client is, you know, every day you wake up and you ask yourself, you know, what type of movement am I going to invite into my day? Um, you know, what type of intensity do I want to invite in? Um, because it's all a choice too, right? Like every day doesn't have to be a, you know, balls to the wall hit class. Mm-hmm. Um, I think again, like there's a lot of content out there. So it's, it can be very easy for us to feel like we need to do three hit classes a day. Um, you know, just, or, and again, like that might also be a distraction technique for you. So mm-hmm. it's like figuring out what feel, what, what do you need best in your body? 
to feel good and also for like the longevity of, of, of your body too, right? So I think that's a big pillar in my coaching and training is like having a smart approach to be like, you know, you want to feel amazing for as long as you can. So, you know, what, what kind of uh, setup can we get you on that, that, you know, and you feel empowered to take those steps every day being like, Hey, like if, if we work together for six months and you know, your routine, you know what to do every single morning. Right. Or you need to, you need, you know what to do when like, Oh my God, I've twisted my ankle. Uh, I'll do these techniques that I learned. Like awesome. Cool. Right. Mm-hmm. So it's not, it's not like they always have to seek someone out. Um, you know, there's value in seeking people out 100%, but it's like when you have that bit of empowerment to be like, I've got me, you know, I've mm-hmm. got me. Right. Um, but yeah. Cool. No. And you touched a little bit on your approach with clients and I'd love to unpack that a little bit as well. And there's a few other things I want to unpack that you've just talked about there, but um, I think it would be really interesting to kind of like run through what like an assessment and kind of like a, a plan looks like for people that you're working with. Like why I'd love to know just how your approach is unique. Yeah, I think, you know, I, I'm sure there's other people doing the same thing that I'm doing. Um, so I, I, I don't, I don't stand on a pedestal and be like, I am the only person doing this, but, uh, but yeah, no. So like in terms of a, uh, session, so like if, if you're brand new, you come in, uh, first off, we have like a, a consultation to understand, um, where you are right now, like what's going on in the body, um, mindset. Again, that's where I can get a sense of, um, coachability, um, and then uh, once I get someone for an assessment, then I run them through, you know, depending on like injury history, lifestyle, I have certain protocols that I'll run someone through. So uh, seeing how their joints move. So like the big joints, uh, that's very important because that's going to impede certain movements uh, in general. So certain movement patterns will be impeded if the joints affected um, seeing for any compensation uh, factors. So uh, you can run them through like some FMS screens. Uh, I don't do the scoring on that. Um, I just run them through it just more. So for me being able to see, Hey, what's maybe going on. The um, of it, yeah. Pardon me, sir. The quality of the movement. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And I think that's, uh, that's the biggest thing in, uh, in any assessment is like, I'm trying to get as much information as I can, um, mm-hmm. to make the best possible program or um journey forward for this individual so yeah i think the uh the fms is is handy but i don't like for me when i first started using it i would always be like you know someone sees me writing down a score and i'd be like and they'd be like oh like what does that mean and (laughs) it's like even for myself i'm like like it's kind of confusing as well um and i just don't i just don't like giving a score because then now someone's like oh like i need to be a three right so so like and and then it's like yeah it's just for me that's just my own opinion on it but um so i i still do some screens but for me just to get a little bit of a sense of what's going on i run them through um some abdominal bracing techniques to see how their core is functioning uh the core is a lot more diverse than just the abdominals on the front side of her body um so you know seeing how the core is functioning uh, and understanding that the core also provides spine and hip stability. So uh, seeing how those two play out um, as well in the, in the assessment. And then, yeah, just, just overall to seeing like, Hey, like, can you hinge your hips? Like how's your hinging ability? Um, things like that, that, uh, 
you know, just checking fun, like fundamental movement patterns. And then from there, then I can be like, okay, like make a, um, like a, uh, a macro program of like how, where, where do I want this person to be at? Uh, or where do I envision this person leaving at like six months and then working back from that every six weeks, we're going to be changing up, you know, maybe it's the movements themselves, or maybe it's the, uh, the intensity that we go at the tempos, stuff like that. So there's multiple different, um, uh, let's say modalities go about it, but, um, yeah. And then also being fluid with that too. I think a really solid program is awesome. Uh, and very, very important, uh, to see the success of, of a client that you're working with one-on-one, but also understanding that there's going to be some fluidity in that. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, if, if someone's progressing a lot faster, you know, I'm not going to have them stay on the program for an extra two weeks, just for the, 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 the shit of it. So, or, or if, if something's too advanced and I'm like, okay, we need to scale back or like if someone comes in for a session and they're white or like they're feeling a certain way, then it's just being adaptable to be like, okay, like we're going to focus on a different thing today. Right. Uh, then we made maybe what the program says we should focus on. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that's a huge thing about, uh, a coach is like that ad- adaptability rather than being like, no, we need to stick to like program. Right. <laughs> like it's I made this program. Fun. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I made it. You need to stick to it. Um, you know, and like, also it's on the coach's, uh, shoulders to understand that, you know, you got to get to know your client. So you, you can know if like, are they just kind of saying that and we can still kind of push this, like this, this session or, um, or like, you know, do I trust them like fully and do I know them a lot? Um, or do I know them well, sorry, uh, that, you know, Hey, I, I should listen to what they're saying and we are going to modify it um, to a certain point. Right. Um, But also like having some feedback on how someone's doing. So like um, sleep is huge. So if they haven't enough sleep, that's going to affect their, um, their, their training capabilities, Um, nutrition, things like that too, has a big play in it. So just understanding that. So if they're able to like track their sleep, that gives me another piece of data to be like, okay, like according to your sleep, you know, your heart rate variability is uh, very low. So we're not going to actually train today. Right. Mm-hmm. Or, not, or like maybe not train, but we're, we're, we'll still do a session, but it's going to be low intensity. Right. right? Um, rather than if your body's prepared, then we know that your body's like, actually capable of that high intensity because we can be very um uh subjective right for how we feel like if 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 we got shitty sleep and we go and see our trainer or a coach and and they're like hey you ready and like you could be like yeah yeah i'm ready i'm ready but like inside in the body might not actually be ready we're just like our ego is like oh like yeah just tell me ready you're good. <laughs> crush it. Just crush yeah, it. Like crush it. And then like, and then also like, it's like digging yourself a deeper hole. Right. So, uh, um, yeah. Yeah. So yeah. I think, yeah. Anyways, that's a long winded, uh, way of how I, <laughs> how I work with someone and, um, from, from pretty much like consultation to, um, you know, working with them in a one-on-one session, uh, running through a certain program. So I definitely enjoy seeing people longer than a month. Um, mm-hmm. I think it's really important for people to understand that it's definitely an investment 
that you're making with a, a quality coach. Um, you know, it's, it's rather than a cost, it's more so like, Hey, you're investing in yourself. Um, mm-hmm. just as you would with, uh, getting a nutritionist or, um, a manual therapist, things like that. Right. It's like you're investing in yourself for the future as well. Uh, not only in the short term. So, um, yeah, for me, it's like, I love to work with people for like a minimum of like three months to really see some adaptation. And then from there, we, it's like a checkpoint of like, cool, where do we want to go from here? So, yeah. Right. I like that. That's three months is more than enough time to start to see some sort of adaptation. And yeah, I think if we don't, then it's like, <laughs> yeah. Going on here, yeah, we need to modify something here. <laughs> um, no. And I mean, we've obviously done some, some work together too. And I really yes. like your ability to really hone in on weakness. Like I was really impressed by that, like the, after the initial assessment and then being able to hone in on where my weaknesses were, was really like, you just have a really intuitive ability to, to find that. So I think that, ultimately, in my opinion, is what makes an amazing movement coach or, um, you know, manual therapist or, you know, like the ability to really listen, watch, see, observe, and then identify where those weaknesses is, is really the sign of a very, you know, highly trained, intuitive and quality coach. And your ability to do that was really impressive. So thank Thank you you. for that. No, you're welcome. Yeah, no, it's, it's, it's always amazing when you can just see the wheels turning. I love that. My brain does mm-hmm. that too. It's constantly mm-hmm. like <laughs> mm-hmm. watching, observing. And if that really can hone in on what the true weaknesses are, then Hey, you've done your work. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Absolutely. And then like, again, like, I think like that's a big point of like an assessment too. Right. And that's why an assessment is so critical. And that's why you see it, you know, done so often in, you know, in a clinical setting. Right. And, but you know, unfortunately I see it a lot in the training industry where it, that doesn't happen. Mm-hmm. Uh, or it's a very quick assessment where it's like robotic. Um, it's like, I'm going to run them through this, like everyone through the same things, uh, not, not understanding or taking in the fact of like their lifestyle, their history, things like that. And also like your own intuitive, um, uh, mind around like, Hey, like what should I be looking for in this person? You know, like maybe mm-hmm. what, what could be coming up? Um, so, you know, it's very important that assessment, essentially, again, you're looking for as much information as you can, you're like you're an investigator. <laughs> mm, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Just collecting data. <laughs> exactly. So yeah, it's, uh, it's fun. It's also a really fun, engaging way to, uh, to work with someone. Um, mm. and I'm always looking for feedback on it. Like always asking the, the, my clients, uh, people I get to work with is like, okay, like, how is this feeling? How, like, how is that movement? Like, where are you feeling it? And like, Because that, like, when I'm trying to say that stuff too, it's also allowing them to have that connection to be like, oh, where am I feeling it right now? Mm -hmm. Right. So it's like, it kind of puts uh, the puzzle pieces together. Um, And then if they tell me, oh, that I'm feeling it in a certain uh, area that, and like, our target is to target something else, and I know that there's a competition going on. Mm -hmm. Right. So it's like, I may be able to see it, but I also want them to understand it. Right. Mm -hmm. So and it empowers them with the ability to feel into their body as well. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I think that's really important. It's like, I can never tell you how to feel. You have to feel it yourself. Mm-hmm. Right. And I think that's something that's really important in this industry um, is that just understanding that like everyone um, feels things a little bit differently. Right. So like, or maybe is not as connected to their bodies as you are. Right. Mm-hmm. So it's like, we need to like guide them. To, to, to that point where they feel 
connected or maybe more connected and understanding that the body is always trying to keep us safe. So that's why there's compensation that gets built in, right? Exactly. From injuries, stuff like that, right? And, and we just don't understand, like we don't, we don't see that or notice that because again, our body is always finding this like, um, this, this balance point of like, Oh, like keeping it safe. Um, so it's going to put in safeguards to make sure that you don't re-injure yourself or, um, you know, go too hard, things like that, or go too far in a stretch. Uh, so there's, there's little things, systems built in, right? So, um, just getting people to understand that in their own bodies is so powerful for them. So powerful. Mm -hmm. And when people are in pain, so many people just dissociate from their body. Like they just don't go inward. They don't feel things like it's amazing how many people will come in for a pain of sorts, but they aren't actually able to locate it. Like they aren't mm -hmm. able to feel where that pain or describe the quality of that pain. Like they, they know they're hurting, but they're not able to really tune into what it's telling them and what it feels like. So it's really important to be able to ask the right questions and have clients really visit that and feel into it and, and identify it because it's amazing just how many people will dissociate from that. And just again, back to numbing, it's again, just like numbing that pain or ignoring it or choosing to just bury it. Yes, absolutely. And I think that's what happens when we do get injured is like our nervous system protects us to essentially not, not feel that pain, right. To like not have us go in that same range of motion or that same movement pattern. Um, have that same type of engagement, that same stretch, whatever it may be, just safeguard ourselves because it doesn't want it, it doesn't want us to get injured, right? So it's just looking out for us. But we also need to understand that like that may also be impeding ourselves to take a step forward or to not go into a painful uh, experience down the road mm -hmm. from all that compensation, right? Um, but yeah, then like I really value like your approach as well right like when i uh had a the sessions with you as well it's like you know it's it's all about like kind of like exploring the body and getting someone to to figure it out again too right like oh my god like it's my 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 like different points in my body is affecting certain areas right um so it's it's really cool to see again how the nervous system works that way um where it's like the location of pain might not actually be the issue Right? Yeah. So it's like, it's, oh, and I think also getting someone to understand that is very powerful too. It's like, right? if you have, if you have low back pain, it doesn't mean that now we need to hammer out, you know, every low back exercise possible to <laughs> like strengthen up your low back. Right. Um, it's like figuring out, okay, how did this, like, why did this happen? Uh, where, where's possibly some, um, some trigger points here that, that got you there um, or some conversations. And then, and then going forward and there's nothing wrong with low back strengthening. I think it's amazing, but it's like a matter of like, you know, not always be so honed in on the, the point of pain. Mm -hmm. And that's where history is so important. You know, like if someone comes in with back pain, but it's totally insidious, but then digging into the, the history a little bit more and then maybe learning that perhaps they sprained an ankle a couple of years ago, or, you know, maybe they fell on their knee or something like that. And now all of a sudden muscular imbalances have ensued to protect that ankle, but they've manifested as, you know, an iliolumbar ligament sprain or whatever mm -hmm. it is, but it's actually not the back. That's the problem. It's actually the ankle that needs the work in order to, mm -hmm. you know, take that torque or take that alignment back to, to neutral within the pelvis or low back. Yeah, absolutely. And, and again, it's like that, that eye of a really good coach or a really great uh, manual therapist, 
of like understanding that. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and also relaying that to the client or the person that you're working with so that they understand. Um, mm-hmm. And also making them feel empowered. So it's not like that's a big thing too. In, the, in, in, in this entire industry, it's just the language that we use with clients is really important. Right. Um, yeah. And, you know, understanding that you work with multitude of personalities. So you, that's also another thing about, you know, finding a good coach is like understanding that like you're not working with the same person for every single session. Mm -hmm. So how you approach that session is going to be different with every person, especially with language, right? Mm -hmm. Some people need a little bit more like nitty gritty. Some people like you need to be cautious around what language that would you use because it could be a trigger for them. So it's just a matter of understanding that. And, uh, and, and yeah, so. The language we use is so important. People attach themselves to, and I mean, working in, in this field, we often are put on, I mean, maybe not a pedestal, but we're looked at as the experts. And so if we're telling people that they're broken or that something's wrong or something's bad, they're going to attach themselves to that. And then they're going to believe that and then continue to manifest that. But if we can use language that's so much more empowering and encouraging and, you know, help them adapt in ways that allow them to function still without, you know, putting them in a vulnerable position, that's going to be so much more effective than, you know, telling them to avoid things or not to do something because it's bad or that they're going to get hurt or they're broken or they're damaged. It's that change in language is so, so powerful. And that to me, again, is a sign of a high quality coach or therapist is someone who can use language of empowerment as opposed to language of damage or or broken or, you know, fear. Yeah. Yeah. Fear. Exactly. It's it's definitely, uh, it's yeah. And it's very frustrating when you have people come to you who have seen people who have, uh, who have that type of language, who is, you know, very Mm -hmm. disempowering or, or fear-based, like in a sense where it's like, I need to, I guess their thinking is like, I need to wear this way. So that they always come back to me. Like they need me. Right. Right. So it's almost like they're doing it because they're afraid. Right. Yeah. Um, so it's, it's really interesting to look at cause like, cause then, you know, I've, I've had a few clients that have gone to see, uh, doctors or, or, or certain other, uh, modalities and essentially are told like, yeah, oh, just got to live with it. Right. Or like, Hey, don't worry. Like just keep doing what you're doing. You'll, you'll probably just need like a hip replacement in like five, 10 years. It's all like, right. how do you think, how do you think that sounds? How do you think you're going to feel when you walk out of the office? after that set like after that are you gonna be like i feel fantastic i feel great oh my god you're gonna be like well shit wow i'm out of luck (laughs) and you're gonna feel totally like lost right so 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 it's like you want to and again the mind is very powerful right so if you feel like oh my god i'm broken you're gonna feel broken right Mm -hmm. and that's gonna affect your mood your energy your movement but if you if you if you go to see someone they're like you know they frame it where you're like Oh my God, this, there's a lot of possibility here. Like, uh, you know, not, not to, not to dumb down the fact of like, maybe this person has a lot of work to do, but you reframe it in a way where it like empowers them to be like, yes, I can. Right. Rather than like, well, shit, I guess I can't. Mm-hmm. Right. So it's just a matter of like that, that switch. And then that mindset just allows them to take that. Even if it's like a tiny step forward every day, mm-hmm. it's like, they're 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 empowered to take that step 
rather than being afraid to try to take the step out of fear of like, Oh my God, I'm going to get injured or like, I like I'm broken. I can't. Mm-hmm. So yeah. exactly. It's if we believe we're broken, we're going to move in such ways that are going to perpetuate you know, like, oh, I, I have a back problem. I can't bend in this way. So then you don't bend in that way. You lose that range of motion, that joint gets stiff, and then it just perpetuates the problem. Mm-hmm. Whereas if you, you know, learn to move into, you know, certain, certain types of pain or, you know, that is actually safe, we can actually reprogram that. And mm-hmm. I guess that's a, a good, um, a good segue into, you know, the work that you're doing around pain and and how you explain pain to your clients and how you allow them to actually move into it do you like how would you explain pain to your clients um well first off i think we need to acknowledge that pain is very complex um like it's a it's a complex thing and i don't know if it can be explained in one certain angle but the angle that i take with um with clients is that dealing with pain in terms of a traumatic experience. So something traumatic has happened and your nervous system has responded in a way to keep you safe. Um, So that's essentially how I tell clients about pain, right? The pain that you're experiencing is that you're trying to overstep something that your nervous system has put in place to keep you safe. And it doesn't mean that you can never go there or you can never do that movement. you just need to communicate with your nervous system that you are safe here, that we can be here. Right. So there's, there's, there's several different ways you can do that. Uh, You know, there's, there's ways that you can just do joint articulations, right. And get yourself to a certain range of motion for the joint and do isometric work. So all that stuff, as long as you're getting enough like uh, irradiation in the body or what it would be like tension, then um, you're able to train the nervous system, right? So you're kind of waking it up to be like, oh, we're like, oh shit, we're, we're, we're okay here. Um, and also like building up the isometrics, uh, you're also training the nervous system that way as well to understand that you are safe here, you're strong. So you're building different types of tissue uh, in that area, you're building resilience and your nervous system adapts to that, right? So now when like, before, if you could only raise your arm up to like your shoulder height, and then also now you got pain, but then also now you go all the way overhead, no pain, let's say, for example, doesn't happen obviously that like easily, but like, um, you know, then again, that's a sign that you've trained your nervous system to understand that like you can open up that range of motion. And I think that like we all have an date, uh, uh, date. Uh, I think that might be a wrong word. <laughs> I'm, making up wor- it- <laughs> hey, I'm making up words in quarantine now. <laughs> yeah, it's okay. My, it's my past time. It's the wild uh, west right now. <laughs> yeah. And uh, just understanding that like we all have that potential for whatever it may be, a movement pattern, uh, range of motion that we have in joints, um, things like that, strength. It's just a matter of like, does our nervous system feel safe? And that's, that's a huge factor. So, um, that, yeah, that, again, like that, that, that short bit that I said at the beginning, that's kind of how I first explain it to clients. And then as we're working mm-hmm. together, then I kind of unpack it a little bit more as we go along, you know, little bits. Um, I don't want to like overload someone with what pain may be for them. Cause again, we may see it differently. Um, so 
Yeah. And again, it could be a pain could be something from uh, something else traumatic in the body. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, Maybe you've been in a car accident and you're holding extra tension and just your nervous system keeping you safe. Uh, Maybe you're dealing with a lot of um, stress. Right. So then automatically, as soon as we're high stress, like all of our flexors are turned on. So that's where we feel very kind of like in that kind of shell. Um, Mm -hmm. So maybe it's just a matter of like making someone feel safe. Right. So making a very inviting space, uh, Mm -hmm. making them feel welcomed um, and talking to them in a way where it makes them feel empowered. Right. Um, Rather than like boot, boot camp sergeant, like, get your ass on the ground. I don't want to, Give me I don't time. want to hear it. You know, like yeah. <laughs> any type of shit like that. But like, and again, that's understanding the person that you are working with for that time being. So that's huge. I think this is a great chance to actually plug some of the work that we are doing together. And well, mm-hmm. hopefully down the line when this <laughs> isolation dust settles, we'll, we'll get back to doing, but, um, I think we've created kind of a really neat partnership in the sense that um, the manual work that I'm doing in the, in the nervous system is really helpful to, to reprogram some of that trauma and to, to get the nervous system, you know, back to baseline, back to factory settings, and then having you take the client and move them and create that safe, you know, container in which they can explore that new range of motion or that pain-free range of motion that they've now got from, you know, the neurological, the functional neurology that, that the client and I have, have worked on. I think it's, it's going to be a really, really exciting partnership and I can't wait to, you know, the dust to settle and to actually be able to touch people again and to start muscle totally. testing. <laughs> For sure. Yeah. And I, I think so too. It's a wonderful, um, collaboration, partnership relationship with that. Um, when you can offer like a team is looking out for you. Right. Mm-hmm. I think that, that, um, aspect of a team like multiple people looking out for your well-being like how badass is that it's like i've got like a team of of people looking out for which is fantastic because yes because then you know once you have done your magic with them (laughs) they uh, (laughs) then like then i can you know again work my magic with them as well and have so it's, it's very um very very interconnected Right. So like if someone comes to see you and then they're ready to hit the gym and maybe again, they don't know what they're, what to do, or maybe a a good step forward. It's like, it's really good to see them take that step forward um, with a coach alongside. And again, like it's not like a forever thing. It's just more so it's like, how can we best help someone take that step forward and feel like I've got this. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm excited. I'm excited too. I'm excited too (laughs) for the point when we can like actually be in front of other people. And, uh, you know, again, it's like our, our, our jobs are, uh, at times can be very hands-on and, um, you know, so I, I feel like for coaching, it might be a lot different for online stuff where it's still somewhat accessible depending on what that person has in front of them or around them. But for like manual therapy, um, like, I don't know, how, like, how do you feel about navigating these new waters? I don't mean to flip the question back onto you here. but <laughs> <laughs> No, it's a really great question. And in fact, it's one that I've been really contemplating for a while now. Like it's, well, not a while, I guess last 10 days really, but um, I'm not sure it's going, there's going to be a lot of fear around touch when we come out of this, I assume. And I think when the time comes that I'm able to get back into my office and start to test people, there's going to have to be a lot more 
awareness and consciousness around, you know, just cleanliness and how we do use touch and how, you know, like to really keep it as therapeutic as possible and to, you know, do it when necessary and, you know, not not put anyone in a position where they're uncomfortable because like you said, there's going to be people who are going to be uncomfortable. And I know for me, like I've been on my own, like in this house by myself for the last 12 days, all I want is a freaking hug right now. And Mm -hmm. so like you, I'm going to just like hug the shit out of everyone when I'm able to, but in that same breath, there's going to be other people that are not going to be comfortable with that. This is going to be something like this is going to traumatize people. Right. And so again, like we've talked about trauma, behavior, patterning, people are going to have different patterns that are going to be, we're just going to have to be very conscious of it. And so I think there'll be a lot more conversation around consent around, you know, can I hug you? Can I place my hand here? Um, and just really creating that awareness around, um, that continual consensual conversation and, you know, just being very conscious about the use of touch. Um, but when the time does come and we're able to do that, I'm just really excited to get back to work and to, to help people because I feel, I feel like people are really, really going to need it after this. Absolutely. I agree. I think after this, uh, this bit of solitude, um, <laughs> we will definitely need, some tuning up and just some attention and care, um, which is, uh, which is huge. Just kind of getting a bit of uh, that sense of maybe quote unquote normal life um, back into it. And I agree with like consent. And I think that's probably how I'll approach it too with, uh, with sessions. It's just like at the beginning of session, are you okay with me putting hands on for, Mm -hmm. for some movements or corrections? And then it just gets it out of the way. Someone's like, exactly. I don't feel like it's appropriate today. Awesome. I can still coach you from verbal cues because now it'll be amazing from them after this. Um, yeah, exactly. <laughs> like I can pretty much coach you from across the gym. So I'm just going to sit down and get a megaphone and just coach you. Yeah, exactly. Um, I'm going to sit back and drink my coffee and yell at you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. I'm actually, you know what? Can you go to the gym and I'll just be on FaceTime and I'll just be, I'll just be coaching from there. It's also yeah, awesome. exactly. My apartment. You <laughs> <laughs> um, have access to everything at the gym and go. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So it's, uh, and, and I think just understand even before all this happened, it's like getting consent for touch is huge. Even in the coaching uh, yeah. standpoint, right? It's like just because someone has come to you for coaching does not mean automatically that like you can just put hands on. It's mm-hmm. understanding that like, you know, you don't know, again, that, that person's history uh, and it's gone on. So it's like a matter of, are you okay with me putting hands on for certain techniques or certain corrections? Um, yeah. Big time. And also that's another thing that I do uh, during assessments is like checking as, as you found out about uh, core. So like seeing how the diaphragm is, uh, is, is being utilized. So um, breath, breath is huge, right? So like ability to uh, take a diaphragmic breath in. And, uh, and I think that's very important, even in where we are today is like taking, taking that very powerful diaphragmic breath in and filling up your, your body with air and oxygen and, uh, not just chest breathing. Cause when we're in that high stress state, immediately all we start doing is chest breathing. Right. Um, so, and then that affects our heart rates, uh, it affects our vagal tone. So, it, you know, it, it has a lot of big health factors. Um, and that's why I do breath work a lot too out at, uh, like before I go for my very warm river <laughs> plunges every week. So. 
Um, well, okay, so I, I would love to unpack that. Um, but first, I just want to, again, around consent, how is your time right now? I want to be respectful of your time. Are you okay to keep? keep yeah, you know, I was going to go, I was, uh, I was going to go out after this, but uh, I decided not to. So Oh, okay. Well, That's good. Social distancing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah, so you I'm have still, a little bit of time still. <laughs> I'm still practicing. Yeah. I have probably like, I don't know, another week or two weeks here. I don't know. We'll okay. See. Great. Yeah, I don't know time. if I have that many questions for you, but. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, we'll okay. So then. tell me a little bit about, um, obviously, breathwork and cold plunges are a huge part of your own self care routine. Yeah. I would love to unpack that piece a little bit more. Tell me about what like a traditional session for you out in Lynn Canyon looks like. Yeah, honestly, right now it's, uh, it's everything to me. Uh, it's keeping me somewhat sane and, uh, I love nature. I've grown up in nature. Um, I didn't grow up in nature, but like nature was a big part of my life. Um, and so I really value it, uh, in my day-to-day life. And yeah, so for the last like 18, 18 months or so, um, I've been going out to Lynn Canyon once or twice a week, but now it's been like, you know, once, a, once, a, once a day or once every couple of days. Um, and there's a group of us that goes down, uh, to Link Canyon and, uh, we do Wim Hof style breathing techniques. So it's, uh, it might, if someone's never done breath work before, it's, it, it can be quite intense. Um, so I don't know if I'd recommend Wim Hof to be a starting point for someone to do breath work, but it's, uh, it can be very, very powerful. So what, what that is essentially is you take uh, a really full inhale, like you inhale absolutely everything that you can, um, and then you exhale slowly. So that's a really quick inhale, powerful inhale, and then just naturally letting out the air, not empty lungs, just about empty lungs, and then you take another inhale in. You do that 30 times, um, and on that 30th exhale, you hold with empty lungs. So you hold your breath with empty lungs. Um, and it's powerful like you understand like you know uh, our what do they call it? our reptilian brain um freaks out right and it sends out these messages to essentially survive right like kill, like it's sending out signals to wipe out everything that is not 100% functional we need to survive we're hunkering down so and then that, i think that is what one of the one part of the health benefits is right your um autography right you're getting rid of cells that are no longer functional um so it's doing that while you're holding your breath right and then you take another inhale as soon as you can't as soon as you can't hold it anymore you inhale and it's like you, you almost get a bit of a head rush <laughs> you're like you inhale and you hold that for like 15 or 20 seconds and then you exhale and that's one round and very powerful very powerful. Like, like I, I can barely explain it in terms of how it feels. Um, like when I, when I take that first inhale again afterwards, it's like all of a sudden I get more vibrancy in the sounds that I'm hearing. Um, you know, they, they become more, it almost becomes like more live. Um, anyway, so then after we, after we do three rounds of that, um, we do a round of pushups at the end. Uh, it's part of the technique. And, um, so essentially what, what it is, is like it's oxygenating our body and also preparing our body so it doesn't freak out as soon as it, we go into a stressful situation. Um, so then we go into the water and we go into the water for upwards of, well, now right now it's around like five, six minutes. 
um, depending on the water temperature, but like summertime, it's like 15, 20 minutes. Um, so yeah, when we're in there, we're, we're talking to each other, focusing on breath. You know, it's, it's been really huge on just bringing some awareness into your own body. Like it really makes you like focus on nothing else except for like you and your body, what's going on. Um, cause you know, you have nowhere else, nowhere else to be except for like in the river, <laughs> right? <laughs> you know, you're almost in a sense of survival. So it, it's, uh, it's, it's very, very powerful. And I found it very healing. So I started doing it when I was doing uh, marathon training, half marathon training. And I really found that it, uh, this could be a placebo, who knows, but, um, I did find it to actually cut down, um, uh, inflammation. My joints felt amazing. Now mind, keep in mind, I was also doing other types of training, uh, that aid in that as well. So I think it was a combination of that. Uh, but also just the discipline of I'm going into something that is very uncomfortable and I'm going to sit in it. It's not like I'm just going to go in and immediately as soon as it's uncomfortable, I'm going to get out. I'm going to sit in discomfort and for as long as I feel like I can and understand that like, it's going to, it's going to be okay. Like I'm surviving. I'm here. I'm breathing. And also understanding that like, un like an uncomfortable situation is very temporary. So I'm not going to be in this river for the rest of my life. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, I'm There's not going to be floating. Sorry, I was just going to say there's a lot of parallels with what we're dealing with right now in this isolation, you know, like it's temporary and it's probably given you a ton of skills to, you know, really cope with, with this period of isolation that we're in as well, which is, is very interesting. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I think um, there definitely is some uh, like a symbiotic relationship between the two. Um, just, just knowing that like, yeah, like, you know, that this situation is temporary. We're not going to be, <laughs> we're not going to be locked down forever. Um, you know, we're not going to be socially distancing forever. Um, so just, again, I think it's your ability to kind of sit in discomfort. Um, mm -hmm. And again, that, that, that grows over time. So like when I first, when I first got asked by my, my friend Tully to be like, hey, don't go to hop in some cold water. I was like, hell no. Like, <laughs> I don't do that. But then again, like that's me saying that like, I'm that person who doesn't do it. So then, so then I went out um, and I did it. And I, the first time I did it, the breath work felt weird. It felt awkward. I, I didn't even know. It's, um, and then I went into the water and I was already sucking myself out at the time. I'm like, Oh my God, this is going to be painful. It's going to be the worst experience ever. And then I walk in and I went up to my waist and I stayed probably for like 30 seconds. And I'm probably being very generous with that time. Um, <laughs> and I got out and something inside of me afterwards was like, Oh, I'm okay now. Right. So it's, again, it's like that, um, it's like that ability to, uh, kind of go back to that same situation of like, okay, like I'm walking into, I'm voluntarily walking into something that's going to be uncomfortable. Um, and it's like that discipline of like, it's going to be okay. Cause it's building that resilience and, mm -hmm. that understanding that I will, uh, walk out of this. I can dry off. I can warm up. I can you know, I'm not going to, I'm not going to die here. Right. I may mm -hmm. have feeling moments where I'm like, holy shit, this is cold. Or like, oh my God, what am I doing here? Like this morning I went out there and there was actually a live breathwork session that Wim Hof put on his Instagram. So I tuned into that. It's pouring rain. It's like two or three degrees out in the, in the forest, you know, like cold and I'm getting poured <laughs> rain on and I'm sitting there with my headphones on. I was doing the breathwork. And I'm just like, 
oh my God, if someone sees me, they probably think I'm crazy. Like, who, who are we? Like, we're out here in the pouring rain doing breath work and then going to go hop in the river. It's just like, but it's, it's something that it's, uh, I don't know, again, it's like that curiosity uh, gets, gets, gets me as well. Like, I want to see, like, really, like, uh, how, how uncomfortable the situation can get and how, how, how I can sit in that. So uh, I think that's, that also allows me to, to get into situations. I don't obviously seek out like uncomfortable situations all the time, but um, it allows me to be like, I'm okay to, to be in a uncomfortable situation, whether that's a conversation, uh, whether that's a situation that gets uh, heightened emotions. I just know that like, I can, I can go into it. It's not going to last forever. I can get through it and uh, everyone's going to be better for it. So mm-hmm. That's so powerful. Thank you. That's like very on the nose with what we're dealing with right now. I think that's, um, that's really mm-hmm. cool. There's a lot of, uh, of takeaways that we can all apply to our situations right now. That's really cool. Um, mm-hmm. what, uh, I just want to pivot a little bit back into the videos that you've been working on. How, um, Ooh, pivot. yeah, I, uh, <laughs> I, I keep going and unpacking like so much more of this stuff, but again, I do want to be respectful of your time. Um, so I want to chat a little bit about these videos because I think that these are going to be really helpful mm-hmm. for people, uh, at home and to have access to you and your knowledge um, online is, is going to be really powerful. Can you tell us a little bit about the project that you're working on there? Absolutely. I can. (laughs) (laughs) Um, thanks for the plug on that one. I, uh, (laughs) so anyway, so yeah, I've been, I've been working on, I've always wanted to do something that, uh, has more reach than me just working with, uh, people one-on-one, uh, in person, which is wonderful. And I love it. And I'll, uh, I'll always do it. Um, but I also want to be more accessible and share some of the information that I've learned over the years of doing this. Um, not to say that I'm like the be all and all expert, but I also have found a lot of success with certain techniques and how they're applied. So I've, uh, I've broken um, down into some modules, uh, essentially certain joints. So I've done hips, shoulders, and scaps for anyone listening who doesn't know what scaps are, it's just shoulder blades. Um, <laughs> and then your spine, and then your uh, ankles, knees, and toes. Um, So in each module, there's three phases. So like a beginner, intermediate, advanced. And there's certain programming that comes along with it. Someone can choose to do it, or someone can just choose to do the videos, whatever feels best for them. Um, But essentially, it's it's my techniques that I've used with clients that have been dealing with pain, or maybe not even dealing with pain yet, that just want to ensure that let's say in a sense, they're bulletproofing themselves um, for the future uh, to understand that they're uh, training their, their nervous system, they're training their joints, uh, they're getting stronger, they have more connection to their body. Uh, and, you know, like we were talking about before is when we're in pain, uh, we're kind of pushed away from certain things, right? Um, so we're kind of opening ourselves back up to certain range of motions or certain movement patterns um and really feeling strong in them like we don't need to move uh in pain in a squat forever right like a squat should not feel painful right so it's like why why is it feeling painful well maybe there's something going on in the body in one of these joints so anyway so uh each module essentially takes someone from beginner to advanced uh over the course of uh 12 weeks so each each phase is four weeks long and uh, the idea of it is essentially from their back pockets 
um, delivering accessible daily movements. So the the, the initial or the the program called the Dailies, um, and I really love it because that again it, the name itself implies that like hey this is like a daily movement practice, right? Um, you choose how you want to move in that day, but uh, just understanding that like you know our bodies are meant to move, so let's move them every day, um, and let's have some of that movement be uh, intentional. Um, and also, but then understanding that movement can be playful and on actual as well. Um, yeah. So anyway, so the, the four modules are coming out uh, next week. I have a few people beta testing them, and um, I'm really excited to to kind of apply my, um, my I guess my coaching practices to people online. And I think it can really, really help out a lot of people. Whether you're dealing with um, with pain currently or for a long time or whether you just want to ensure that you don't run into a uh, experience that fills you with pain you know my like keep in mind that like injuries can happen to anyone but it's a matter of like what the approach that we take before an injury and also the approach that we take after an injury that really matters um yeah so i'm really excited uh, and then, then it'll be like you know a little community that's uh, that's grown online so uh i'm very excited I'm very excited. And yeah. it's like, a, it's a really cool step to take, uh, in this space. And I, and I, and I can't wait to kind of help out uh, a larger group of people. So. Yeah. I'm excited to see how it all unfolds. It's going to be, uh, it's going to be really exciting. Mm-hmm. Um, so before we wrap up, I have one last question for you. Everyone gets this question, but before I ask it, how can people connect with you? Where can people find you? I guess probably online is the best place right now. Yeah, definitely not in person. Uh, let's make sure we're practicing <laughs> social distancing here. Um, yeah, so online, uh, it'd just be best on either my website, um, JV, so that's J as in Jeremy, V is <laughs> in Vancouver, because every time I say it, it sounds like it's a B, like, oh. but it's uh, V like Vancouver, uh, and then movement.com, and then same thing with Instagram, it's JVMovement604 uh, on Instagram. Um, I've been pretty active on Instagram doing some uh, some, some live workouts and I, I, uh, I will do some, uh, more activations. I'm thinking about doing some kind of online, uh, small group sessions as well on zoom. So, uh, that's where I'm pretty much putting all the information is on Instagram. So, um, yeah, I would love to, if, if any, anyone wants to connect and have questions, I love questions. So cool. Uh, yeah. Feel free to reach out. Awesome. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Um, so the last question I'll ask you, and this is one that everyone gets, uh, what is your definition of balance? Mm. Good question. All right. Um, <laughs> definition of balance. Um, I think for me, it's just, it, it's, it's making sure that my days are filled with things that, uh, provide me happiness uh that i feel grateful for um that are challenging me uh so i think it's just like kind of relationship between how much challenge am i inviting into my life and how much uh enjoyment am i having in life as well uh so i think it's a, it's a balance between a couple of those those factors of does something feel really challenging am i enjoying life uh am i having fun uh, am i growing am i learning so it's like two kind of spectrums um and just trying to make sure that like some days might be filled with more than other um but you know at some point in time yeah trying to trying to find a a good relationship between the two and i think like when you're um 
an entrepreneur, self-employed, it can be really easy to become unbalanced um, mm-hmm. in terms of your time. And I don't know if you ever become balanced in time, but I feel like you have a better understanding and a better respect for the boundaries that you can uh, that you get around. Okay, when is your time and when is business time? So right. I think that's a huge understanding, and I'm sure any entrepreneur, like person doing their own thing, can uh, really attest to is that like you need to make those boundaries for yourself. And even, even now working from home, I'm sure a lot of people understand that now, um, whether you worked at an office before and now you're at your home, you understand that, wow, like I'm probably working more now than ever because I'm at home and I don't have those, those boundaries. I'm not at the office. I'm actually just in my home. Um, so yeah, anyways, that's, uh, <laughs> that's my, uh, that's my definition or somewhat definition of, of how I try to bring balance into my life. Or what balance means to me. Yeah, I really like that. It's so easy as entrepreneurs to let our work just like bleed into our lives. And that's exactly why like earlier, I like to ask people, you know, who are you outside of the work that we do? Because it is so easy to just let the work consume us and become the work, you know, like I always used to just identify like, hi, I'm Danielle, I'm a physiotherapist. And it's like, whoa, 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 whoa. Mm -hmm. Like my, just because I'm uh, trained as a physiotherapist doesn't mean that that's who I am at my core, at my truth, at my identity. And so, um, yeah, it is really important to be able to draw those Mm -hmm. boundaries and be able to, you know, really own your truth, fill your cup and do it without blurring the lines between, um, work and, and life. And I mean, sometimes it happens and that's totally fine. And like you said, it's a balance between finding balance. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And just understand that like, we're so much more than just titles. (laughs) <laughs> um, you know, and that's a big thing too, right? So, um, yeah. Very yeah, cool. So. Very mm-hmm. great. Well, Jeremy, thank you so much for spending this uh, Saturday afternoon with me. Um, I really hope that, uh, you're keeping well during this time. I know that it's, uh, it's been challenging, but like we said, it's a, it's a huge opportunity and a gift of time to, to just reflect, create and, and connect. So thank you for connecting with me. Thank you for having me on. I appreciate it. And uh, I can't wait to connect further. Yeah. Amazing. Thanks. We'll chat soon. Ciao. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you found this episode as expansive as I did. If you enjoyed listening, please like, subscribe, and review. It means so much to us. If you would like to learn more about The Balanced Collective and our offerings, please visit www.thebalancedcollective.com or hit us up on Instagram at The Balanced Collective. Thank you so much and please keep spreading your light.